Welcome in. This is your Jock Market Power Hour for this week's Corrales Punta Cana Resort and Club Championship. One of the longest names on the PGA Tour. And joining me, as he does every single Wednesday, it's Joe Idoni. Joe, what up, my guy? Not much, man. What's up with you? We can't take a week off, right? It's Corrales. We've already got WGC action going on, but we're here for you. We're giving away money. We got the uh, you know twenty bucks to new users. We're going to talk some strategy and uh, ready for the next hour. Let's roll. Yeah, let me throw the batters up here. So first of all, we are giving out free jock bucks tonight. So we're going to give out a hundred dollars of jock markets money, which is some of the best money, uh, and we're going to do it in twenty dollar increments. Just drop your jock market username in the chat, uh, and then uh, five times throughout the show, I'll randomly draw somebody, and we'll give away some dollars. If you have not signed up for jock market yet, it's power code. Well, nope. Promo code, bonus code, deposit code, power20. That gets you a $20 deposit bonus. And uh, Joe, if if people are new, if people have just stumbled upon this and they said, what what the heck is jock market? What am I looking at here? What, what can they expect for the next hour or so? So what we're looking at here for the next hour is the IPO closing hour. So essentially what it is, is for up until roughly 9 p.m. Eastern time, um, you'll be able to make bids. So you'll see an ask price for every player in the field. You'll be able to bid. You will see that price rise. And at the end of the IPO closing hour, which is anytime between 8.58 and 9 o'clock, um, the IPO will close. If you still are a remaining highest bidder, you will be allocated those shares accordingly. And then that price will fluctuate throughout the rest of the tournament where you're able to add more. You're able to sell those shares. You're able to purchase other guys' shares. Um, so it continues throughout the length of the tournament. Ton of fun. But this next sort of 45 minutes is what really kind of encapsulates some of the excitement around uh, this platform. Yeah, that's right. It's stock market DFS. It is growing each and every week. We cover golf. There are other sports on there. You can play NBA. I think uh, MLB. I don't know if MLB has started or it's starting soon, but there is a lot of action. And uh, golf is the perfect natural sport for this, Joe. You know, this week for 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 Punta Cana, uh, you're going to get a, a natural break as we do all the time after each round to assess your holding, see if you want to buy some more, see if you want to sell. The cadence of this sport is perfect. Yeah, it lines up perfectly. Uh, I'm talking about golf. It lines up perfectly for what this app offers because like you said, the ability in between round, live during round to kind of always look for opportunities that may present themselves. And I think that they've seen, um, you know, some of their biggest users and growth and and dollars in in terms of uh, PGA Tour golf. So we're excited to be along for the ride with them. Tonight, we're focusing on Corrales. We're focusing on Punta Cana. Uh, Obviously, we know there is an event going on with the WGC match play right now, but that's only 64 golfers. The other guys, the other guys in the world, they're in Corrales at the resort, seeing if they can uh, win some dollars, win some FedEx Cup points, and and win you some money along the way. And Joe, a couple things about this. Uh, The the field is going to be very interesting, right? We've got some lesser known names, which is kind of what we saw at the Honda Classic last week. And I'll pull it up in a minute. There were some massive ROI returns from some of these, what we call penny stocks. Yeah, hundred percent in these type of tournaments where it's not necessarily, you know, the top 20 names in the world that everybody knows, um, you know, it, it's not always the most 
compelling and exciting leading into it. But this kind of stuff can, and we talked about it right before we went live, can present opportunities uh, for people that are sort of in the know, you know, do a little bit of research, uh, follow this stuff week in, week out, as we do in this community of people here in the chat. So we're here together to try and sift through this list of maybe not the most attractive names, but names that can still make us some money at the end of the day. The other weird thing we just played here. We just had an event in September. I mean, there are very few occasions in golf where you get back-to-back tournaments at the same course, or not back-to-back tournaments, but the, the tournaments at the same course, the same event twice in five months. Obviously, we're going to do it for the Masters. That's uh, extenuating circumstances to go from November to April, but we're going to go go from September to March. So we should have at least some strong course history, Joe, for guys who literally just teed it up a couple of months ago here. Yeah, and not only course history, I think that you mentioned it last week a little bit, but we actually have some ROI history. And like, this is the first tournament we're yes. coming back to that's held um, a jock market contest before. So not all the same names are here, but we can kind of look through that list and see who uh, was cheap last year and made people money and who was maybe a bust last year. So we can kind of uh, lean on a little bit of course history information uh, specific to jock market this week. I love it. And let's look up. Uh, I want to start with the Honda Classic last week because I think these yes. are some really good. Let me pull this up here. So this data is this is the jock market data. It's the data from all of the cash markets. You can go to rickrungood.com under PGA tools, under free tools. It's all right there for you. So looking back at last week, Joe, because I think people are wondering, okay, what's going on right now? Well, IPO is going on right now. And Matt Jones closed last Wednesday at $4.88. That's what he was bid up to during this hour right now. And with his victory, he got the full $25 a share payout. So if you had 10 shares of Matt Jones, you made $20 a share, Joe, you made $200 on Matt Jones alone. Unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, look at some of those names. I mean, I know Hagee was a late ad, uh, Russell Henley, which I think everyone collectively, myself included, kind of slept on a little bit last week. You've got my boy Denny there, Chase Seifert, who's an interesting name that's in the field this week. So um, last week, we we know how volatile, I guess you could say, uh, PGA National can be in terms of the ups and downs and the ebbs and flows and the swings that, that we talked about. So uh, while Matt Jones kind of ran away with it in the beginning and, and held on, you know, anytime you set the course record, you're probably in good shape to do that. Um, but that said, there were other names who certainly flew up the leaderboard on the weekend who you could have got for pretty cheap on Friday night. There were two, there were three golfers who closed in the $2 Sam Ryder, Camilo, Camilo Vijegas, and Chase Seifert, who all returned at least $10 a share. I have a feeling we're going to see something similar. This week, Punta Cana by the waters past Palm Green. Sometimes the winds can kick up around there. Talk about volatility. Talk about a lot of unknowns. I mean, we make this argument all the time, right, Joe? Guys like 75 through 175 on the PGA Tour are like all the same. <laughs> yeah, no, no doubt about it. Yeah. And they all kind of, you know, this is the type of thing where you can kind of lean on a little bit of course history. You can lean on a little bit of recency and you just got to look at the form and pay attention to, to how they're playing currently uh, as we enter the event. So um, definitely some opportunities. I think there's going to be some guys cheap. I don't know if many people are in this this week as we usually see. So we may see a little bit of cheaper prices across the board. We may not see a lot of guys clear the $10 per share IPO price that we're used to. So 
There's a lot of names. I think it's wide open. And I think that there's a lot of guys that are sort of searching for for a big PGA Tour victory, even though it may not be the most exciting for us. For them, a chance to secure their tour card, a chance to hoist a trophy, a chance to uh, win a PGA Tour event is huge for these type of guys. It absolutely is. I'm going to draw uh, our first name here in just a minute. This can be very interactive. I'm, I've got an eye on the chat. I, I see you, Donnie Baseball. What's up? Good to see you back. I, I see you, Chad. Chad's in here for his jock bucks, right? I see you guys. So this can be very interactive. If you have questions about uh, the, the jock market experience as a whole or this week, happy to go through as many of those as possible. I see one that I want to get to in a second. Uh, but I did draw a name for our first $20 of jock bucks. And it goes to A.G. Woodrow. Congratulations. We'll get you set up with your $20 to Jock Market. Uh, keep your usernames coming in the chat so that I can find them easily when I draw your name for more as we go through this. Here's one question that we get all the time, Joe. Will yeah. this ever be available in X? Right, whatever place that is, whether it's the UK, whether it's Canada, I don't know what the current status is on Canada, whether it is a certain state. Uh, as by the way that I understand it, there are a lot of uh, a lot of places still to roll out, and 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 the and the guys over at Jock Market are working hard to make it happen. Yeah, same way I understand it, they are actively uh, filing all the paperwork needed to get. Make sure that That's they're okay the in all 50 states. It's just like we know this. Some states operate quicker than others on this stuff. We're still waiting for sports gambling down here in Florida. You know, so it's it's a process, but it's all in the works. They're doing everything they can to make it happen. I know for a fact that Canada is coming very soon. I know that they're adding more states um, by the month. So keep checking back. Keep hanging out with us. We appreciate you here. Um, and, and it's good now to kind of understand how it works. So that when it does become available, you are ready to pounce. The other thing is, um, I think there were like, like the feet. This this also goes with features that are coming out, right? Uh, shorting players, uh, mm -hmm. being able to favorite them. I think they're working on a match play version of this, right? Where it wasn't ready for this week, but imagine in the future being able to do this for next year, or being able to do it for a Ryder Cup or a Presidents Cup or things like that. The the whole point of this being, if you want, if you want more things, if you want it to get better keep supporting it. Like that is like the bottom line for any business. It is certainly the bottom line for this business that believe it or not, not even a year old. That's also kind of crazy to think about. They launched like during the midst of the pandemic in the summer with no sports. Good luck. <laughs> I know. Right. And, but we see the growth, right? We see the amount of people uh, joining us. We see the amount of people we get information back from them that says the users are up. The growth is up. The amount of dollars coming in and out are up. And all these things help facilitate them to make improvements to the product that we're seeing come to fruition. So I know that, uh, like you said, that we're kind of going to work with them a little bit and experiment with ideas on how we can make this happen for the Ryder Cup. I think that it will happen. I think that it will be, you know, just watching match play today was, was so captivating. And I know we're not here to talk about match play, but I think the jock market could be so fun in a way like that. We just have to make sure it was right. Um, and it wasn't quite ready to roll out this week. And we had another event that seemed to lend itself perfectly to the current platform. So it's coming. Um, the, the starring of players or sort of creating a favorites list is coming very soon as well. So they're working hard, man. And we're here with them.
And there are no shortage of huge events coming. We are now, I, I don't have my full, I don't have my full countdown, but I think we're 17 days from Augusta natural 17 days from the masters. Uh, we've got uh, a PGA championship. We've got, we've got all summer long. We're having open championship for the first time on the jock market. There, there are so many massive, massive events coming. Uh, and, and, and seemingly the, the market gets more liquid each and every week. I, I can't even imagine what it's going to look like 30 days from now, 60 days from now, 90 days from now. Yeah, absolutely. We are poised to explode at Augusta National. I think the players was was some of the biggest numbers that uh, they had ever seen on the app in terms of dollars in, in terms of the amount of trades, the volume that people were we're doing so it was great to see a lot of people are enjoying this a lot of people are making money and most importantly people are having fun with it so it's great let's turn our attention a little bit and feel free to drop any questions comments concerns in the chat we can absolutely cover them to punta cana this week and i'm looking at the top of you know the betting board who are the favorites for this week guys like charlie mm -hmm. hoffman emiliano grio who tends to play well on these pez palum greens thomas dietrich <laughs> charles how the third and even Thomas Peters, uh, who do you think would be a front runner to potentially end this evening as the most expensive IPO, Joe? You know, I, I want to say it's going to be Charlie Hoffman, um, but I'm not sure. Just, you know, Peters is right there as well for me. But I think that um, he, there's kind of a lot of unknowns, right? And there seems to be a lot of volatility, as with any of these guys. As You can say the same thing about Hoffman or Griot. But I just feel like um, the dollars are going to come in in Hoffman at the end and, and end up propelling him to the number one spot. What, what's your kind of gut feel on it? I think it's Grio. Um, okay. Because, well, I think it'll be Grio or Hoffman, but I give the nod to Grio. I think that um, he is, he's, he's our baby, right? He's like our fantasy baby. There is a contingent of people that love playing him no matter what the event is, right? It's hashtag team Nopud. It's all these, it's all these guys that we love to play. The Benny Ons, Keegan Bradley, like uh, no one would care about Keegan Bradley if they didn't roster him. That's why they care so much. That's why they care when he loses all those strokes putting. So I think Grio, when you get him and he's actually played a lot better recently, and yeah. he's played well in, you know, like we get, we get past Palm, what, three times a year, Bermuda, Punta Cana, and Mayakoba, I think, are the three that we get. And he tends to play well there. He tends to play well in some of these windier conditions. So I think at the end of the day, when I, when I, when we, we cut this off near nine o'clock in about 30 minutes or so, <laughs> my guess is it's Grio is the most expensive player. Yeah, we'll see. You know, anytime that anyone who's who's sort of, um, as we like to do, kind of digging a little bit into the stats, Grio's always going to look good there. Um, like you mentioned, there are other factors. Obviously, the playing off the wind and the ocean side and elements, um, you know, that suit his game pretty well. Decent finish at the API. Didn't play great at the players, but we can kind of overlook that as we can with many guys because uh, it's just so crazy there. And we see guys float up and down that leaderboard. Uh, it's very hard to predict. Uh, but obviously, 21st finish here, uh, what, five, six months ago? So yeah. uh, coming in good. Coming in good. Also coming in good is Charlie Hoffman. I'm going to show – I'm going to get to the I'm, – I'm building the drama to the release of where the IPO phase currently stands right now. Uh, but Charlie Hoffman also playing well. He's got back-to-back -back top 20 finishes, and both of them coming at the players and the API. Talk about stacked field. Now he gets to lick his chops at an mm -hmm. event that he finished 14th at just a couple of months ago. I think Charlie Hoffman garters a lot of attention, and Joe, I think it's well-warranted. 
Yeah, he seems very close. Um, you know, anytime, like, when I just ran a quick little stat thing, you know, over the last 24 rounds or so, he's number one in ball striking, uh, number one in tee to green. So those type of things are, are things that Charlie Hoffman typically does well. Now, if he can putt well, uh, he's going to go well. But he just seems to be having um, – I, I feel his rounds coming, and I feel this good performance coming from him. It just seems to be one bad 18-hole stretch out of the four rounds that have been sort of killing him lately. Uh, but I think he'll he'll probably be one of the two or three most popular guys without a doubt this week. I look at the clock and I see it is 831. This IPO is going to close just before 9 o'clock. We've been kind of saying it's either like 857, 858. That's generally what we've seen over the course of the last handful of weeks. And we've learned, uh, sometimes to our own detriment, Joe, that there is a 90-second window in there that essentially uh, the IPO will close at any time. And is sometimes it closes early. And sometimes it closes very late, right? Yeah, so it kind of snuck up and bit me last week because I missed out on a couple guys uh, at the very end. But just be aware of it, right? Uh, know that once that hits 8.55, you got to kind of be aware that anything can can close at any minute. So make sure you have all your bids. And if there's one guy that you're really close on at that point, it's time to make a move, right? Don't hold off too late and get stuck sort of holding the phone. All right, let's do it. Let's take a look at where the IPO currently stands, the jock market currently stands for this week's Punta Cana, and it is Pat Perez. Pat Perez leading the way at $5.25, and then we see a familiar name, Charlie Hoffman at $5, Chase Seifert at $4.75, Bryce Garnett for $4.50, and Roger Sloan along with Will Gordon at $4.35. But Joe, let me reset this so that we're looking at the projected rank because this is the pre-rank. This is what Jock Market says the order should be. Whether you agree with it or not, it's important. Why is it important, Joe? So it's going to break all ties. So that's the big thing that kind of sticks out to me with with the Chuck Wagon there, Charlie Hoffman, number one projected rank. So any tie that he's in, should he not finish first? Should he finish in a tie for second with four other players? He's going to break that tie. He's going to be the one that ends up with the final payout of $20 per share. And that other guy fourth down the list uh, in the tie for second could only end up taking home $16, $15 a share. So it's important to pay attention to, especially if you're in between two guys. Pat Perez, for instance, is number one right now. He's ninth. So that's not bad by any means. There's certainly guys lower down there, but you want to make sure that you you do sort of factor that in in the end when looking between uh, trying to evaluate two players. I absolutely love it. And also, you know, how much are we willing to pay for these guys is is another interesting question. So let's take Charlie Hoffman for example. And Charlie Hoffman, who's, by the way, coming in, uh, the last two weeks closed between $4 and $5 and has returned you nearly twice your money in each of those weeks. He had another great week at Pebble Beach uh, four starts ago as well. But for a $5 IPO, we know we know Charlie Hoffman's not going to he's not going to close at $5. Let's say he closes at $7, $8. What would he have to do to return that amount for his investors. Well, here's a $7 return. A final payout of $7 would be 22nd place. If it's $8, you're talking about 18th place. So if you get shares of Charlie Hoffman, Joe at $8 and he finishes 17th or better, he is making you money. So this is the thought process that you have to go through. Instead of just throwing darts at maybe what a price should be, you should probably have a plan. 
Absolutely, yes. You should have a target price in mind. And if you click on any one of these players within your app, you will see that they're sort of a break-even point. And when you go to sort of scroll over on that bar and select your price point that you're willing to bid, it will tell you. So it will tell you at this price, he's got to finish 19th. At this price, he's got to finish 17th. So that's what you got to keep in mind. You got to kind of evaluate those odds in your head and think, um, you know, what are my chances this guy finishes 19th or better? If you like that, it's a great buy. We're about 20 minutes out, 22, 23 minutes out from this IPO phase closing. Michael Van Veen, welcome back, says, why do players in the field show up with an alt designation? Pretty confusing, especially lower, lower priced players. So I'm assuming uh, he's referencing, Joe, the alt designation in the uh, in the app, which I, from the way that I understand it is they were an alternate at some point. Points. So when the field gets loaded in, there is a field of uh, a list of players, uh, and then there's a list of alternates. And with the way that the PGA Tour works, some guys drop out, some withdraw, some don't want to make the trip to Punta Cana. They need a, a week off, and these alternates can get in. But I believe Joe, uh, if they have a projection, they are now in the field. That alt designation means they were an alternate at one time. If they have projected points, they are now in the field. Yes, I believe you are 100% correct with that. So all there are some of these guys that um, at the very bottom that aren't, but the majority of them are. So like two notables are Thomas Dietrich and Danny Willett. Um, I know they're both in the field this week. Dietrich is in the field, correct? Yeah, they're both still in the field and they are both... Um they were both pretty short. Dietrich's like the third has like the third shortest thoughts. He's like one of the favorites to win this golf tournament. Yes. And Willett is still in the field as well as, as of this moment. Right. And if you click one of those players with the alt designation, it will kind of give you an alert here. It says heads up. This player is an alternate and may not take part in the next event. So just double check, uh, make sure that they're clearly in the field. Obviously this stuff for them is released and they kind of load in the field every week on a Monday. So, um, you know, we're at Wednesday now. So things have happened. Things have changed. Just make sure you check the notes on them. Yeah. And, and, and to be clear, I mean, PGA tour events are, are fluid in general anyway, right? It's just this, this one, this week in a, a non, you know, continental United States location tends to create more withdrawals and more, you know, stuff like that. That's, that's going on. Absolutely. Yeah. And I know Willett had the COVID. Uh, he was out for a couple of weeks, but he is back. He is um, obviously tested negative at this point. So he's back in the field. He is in the field. Correct. Okay. So let me give this a refresh. We can talk through some of these guys and I want to get your idea. Cause I know you work hard on some of these, um, you, you know, fair value prices that you want to put out yeah. prices that you're willing to get to. And in a week like this, uh, being able to parse through those is is really critical. So let me get get back up here. And we have seen movement at the top. Thomas Peters is now the most expensive golfer in this uh, in this IPO. Uh, he is in some places the favorite to win this event. Some places he's usually within the top five. Is he your target for this week? Your your favorite target? Where does Peters rank on your list for you, Joe? Peters is tough for me just because he plays so much in Europe, and I just don't see enough of it. Um, so it's hard for me to really get a good gauge on his game. I obviously see the finishing positions, but we don't really have strokes gain stats over there. So he's hard for me to really put a pulse on and create a price from. For me, I'm much more comfortable with the guys right below him, with Perez, with Hoffman, even with Seifert, who played really well last week over at the Honda. Uh, guys that I'm familiar with, guys that I have a little bit better understanding of their current game. 
Uh, but Thomas Peters, obviously, I think in terms of of upside and potential within the field, is has the highest sort of ceiling in terms of the type of player that we once expected him to be, and he still could become as a very young guy. Luke, uh, no, wait, hold on. There was someone else I wanted to ask you about first. I guess I'll get down to him. But Luke, <laughs> Luke List is here at four dollars and twenty cents. Luke List is. Uh, remember we just played here. He had a top 10 at this event just a couple of weeks ago, but he had, or a couple of months ago, excuse me, but he hasn't been good recently, Joe. So I'm, I'm kind of trying to figure out how you parse the opportunity that we get, where we get two events in very close proximity to one another, at least in, in terms of the timeline, but a guy who has not played well leading into it. I know it's, it's difficult. And that's certainly something you have to evaluate with Luke list this week. Um, three weeks ago, I would have loved him here. It all is going to f- depend for me on the final where that price is at within the last sort of five minutes or so. But, you know, three missed cuts of his last four in events that he normally, you know, plays pretty well at. Um, he won an event, I-, I believe, in the Jacksonville area. I'm not sure if it was at Sawgrass. It may have been at the other course on the Corn Ferry Tour, but he missed that cut. He's been in a playoff before at the Honda or just missed out on the playoff. He missed that cut. So obviously, He's going to places that he's previously comfortable at and not playing very well. So we could see the same thing this week where he finished with a top 10, comes in with a missed cut. So the form isn't there. Anytime the form isn't there, if the wind kicks up, you start questioning yourself a little bit on what club to take, how you're hitting the ball uh, is never really a good thing. Uh, Joel Damon is another guy who falls into that category. He's played here. He actually did not play here a couple of months ago, but he played here the two previous years and he went 12th and 13th, but he's been terrible. And and you wonder if, if this sparks some of these guys, right? Like Joel Damon routinely plays in much more difficult fields, much more difficult courses. You wonder if this is a spark, if this is uh, showing up here out of desperation, right? Like I, I don't. It's so hard to get inside these guys' heads at times, and 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 I don't know if I should be leaning on the more experienced names that we see every single week, or the guys like that we'll get to in a minute that that might thrive better. You know, I'm torn with the same question. I think I'm leaning more toward the younger player that is coming in in good form and really wants it. These these guys who are a little bit more established, like Joel Damon. Um, not too. Long, I'm not sure where his world golf ranking is, but not too long ago, he was in like the 30s in the world. He was playing really well. He was showing up at hard events. He was showing up at major championships and competing. And all of a sudden, he's fallen off, and he's looking for cash games on Twitter on Friday nights. So. Um, it's, it's taken a steep fall. You wonder if he's the type of guy that is just like, look, I'm in a slump right now. I'm not going to take a week off and go see my coach and grind it out on the range. I'm just going to play through it, right? I'm going to keep playing until I find something and something clicks good course history here, which is obviously probably a reason why he wanted to come back. Maybe he wanted some good vibes. Maybe he wanted to compete and feel, uh, you know, feel the pressure of being up there on a Sunday again, no matter the field. Um, but that said, there's there's reason for concern, definitely. We're about 15 minutes out from this IPO phase closing. Get your bids in now. Also, get your usernames into the chat because I'm about to draw for another $20 to Jock Market. Some free Jock Bucks. And the winner is, I have to find the, I have to find the comment. Here it is. JG at Looper19. Looper19, congratulations. 20 jock bucks coming your way, Joe. If I handed you 20 free jock bucks for tonight, how would you allocate that? Do you think you'd take maybe two shares of the most expensive guy? Would you go down and get maybe eight shares of someone down a little bit cheaper? What are we doing here? 
Yeah. So for me, if I only got 20 bucks to spend, I'm looking at those ROIs from the Honda last week in the $2 range. And I'm maybe picking out two guys there and trying to grab five shares each and, and trying to go big that way. So that would be if I had 20 bucks only to spend, that's how I'm rolling. All right. Let's pull back up the IPO here. So we are seeing a little bit of movement. We're seeing a couple guys over $5 now. We're seeing the fours fill out a little bit. A couple of names that I think are interesting. Uh, Brandon Wu is back here, and I couldn't find his. Let me see if I could find his. Here he is. He's $3.82. And this is what I always think is an un, is, is a great thought exercise for guys like us where for Brandon Wu's standards, he was incredibly popular uh, at the at the Honda. You know, he's pushing probably 10% on some of your favorite fantasy sites, uh, but but he misses the cut and kind of burns everyone. And this is clearly a much better spot for him. I wonder if people are willing to forgive and forget on Brandon Will. I think so. I mean, I think he's just one of these, this week in particular, he's one of these young names who people kind of associate with with being one of the the sort of rookie class from a couple of years ago that was so astonishing. One of these guys where we've been sort of, um, those in the know have been kind of waiting for to break through. So you look at an event like this, you look at the field and you say, if you're Brandon Wu, this is a great chance. This is a great opportunity. This isn't going uh, you know, into an event where you're going to be facing the top players in the world and you've got to slay the dragon, so to speak. But you would obviously like to see you know, the tee to green stuff. Some of the, the approach stuff is a little bit worrisome for me. Obviously, he's a great putter. And anytime you're a great putter, uh, past Palum greens are, are strange. Um, from my experience with them, they don't break a ton and they're relatively slow. So if, you know, almost anyone can get it going there, you can really sort of attack, uh, and putt aggressively on past Palum. So I think he's, a, he's definitely on my short list, depending on where his price finishes up this week. Yeah. If you really want to nerd out on past Palum greens, they have a larger, um, not leaf strain uh what is it well a blade of grass a, a larger blade i couldn't think of the word a larger blade it's kind of really awkward to put on it actually does sometimes make uh poor putters better it's it's strange it's really weird we only see it a couple times a year uh one guy that i want to talk about is nate lashley who's four dollars and six cents and i might be a glutton for punishment on nate lashley but here's a guy who Finished fourth here just a couple of months ago. He played well in Phoenix. He played well at Pebble Beach. He's made cuts. Now you throw him in a field that's a lot weaker. And what have we seen? What have we seen, Joe, from Nate Lashley? He can get scorching at times. He can run away with things. And I, I don't know. like that, that crazy upside, even if it is paired with uh, some crazy downside, I'm willing to invest in. That's my strategy, though. The crazy upside in terms of ball striking, right? Like he had... Um, a couple of rounds out there on Pebble, which is certainly not past Palom, but is also considered a, a shorter Oceanside course in many ways. But he had a couple of rounds out there where he was just stalking pins. Even in that final round, like he had a couple of very close ones with the exception of that four putt, uh, maybe on like 16 where he kind of melted I down a little bit. got a little nervous. Nate Lashley got a little nervous, I think. He had to have, right? But but does he have those same nerves at Corrales, you know, coming off that experience? I don't know. Um, I think that he's got to, you know, he obviously has a PGA Tour victory, so he comes in with a little bit of confidence. I think he shows up to a field like this and has uh, a very good thoughts upon his game and how he can finish this week. So I'm very uh, bullish on Nate Lashley. 
Back to the board. Uh, Charlie Hoffman has now crossed into $6.30. So what does that mean? $6.30 means that if Charlie Hoffman finishes 26th or better, he will make you money if you buy shares at $6.30. Let's say you buy shares at $7. That means if he finishes 21st or better, you would make money. If he finishes 23rd or worse, you would lose money per share on that. And let's say you want to go really crazy on Charlie Hoffman and go all the way up to $10 a share on Charlie Hoffman, which you might want to do. If he finishes 11th or better, that'll get the job done for you, Joe. So it's just a matter of just a math problem, Joe. It's just a math problem. How often is he going to finish in these positions? What is your risk risk tolerance and what are you willing to take on? That's it. That's all it is. You, you, you nailed it right there with it's a math problem. The, the issue is you've got to make a lot of, of quick calculations here <laughs> in the final five minutes on multiple guys. So you got to make sure that your math is 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 tight. Yeah, you got to make sure your math is good. 10 minutes or so remaining in this IPO. Remember, this is going to close just before 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern time. So don't miss out getting your bids in. I'm starting to look down the list a little bit. You know, uh, Will Gordon, $4.35. He's been a kind of a flavor of the month, right? I kind of throw him into the Brandon, you know, uh, Will Gordon's reign as a fantasy uh, sweetheart probably lasted a lot longer than Will Gordon's did. But now it's kind of cyclical again. And Will's, uh, playing okay. He's returning his backers money for three consecutive cash markets. Will Gordon gaining steam again? Yeah. Gosh, so much upside with Will Gordon as well. I, obviously you can see that he started to uh, return on his dollar. Now it just, um, you know, $4 and 35 cents is, is much more than his IPO price has been, but that's all relative to sort of field strength. So I think that he's probably one of the players that we're thinking, um, can potentially win this week. And ultimately that's what you're sort of shooting for. That's the highest final payout by a good margin. So if you feel like Will Gordon's got a top 10 in him this week, uh, you know, four or five, six dollars a share is certainly a fair price. Get your jock market usernames into the comments. I will draw another $20 in jock bucks here in just a minute. Adam Shank is here at $3. What has Adam Shank been up to? Because if you remember about this time, uh, when we were talking Punta Cana, when we were talking, he was just, he was nailed. I mean, he was, he was making every cut. He was returning you money. And it has been a bit ugly since, although I will say this makes the cut at the Honda finishes 36th, returns you cash. This, I don't know if I can trust Adam Shank anymore. Do you have a hot take? I like Adam Shank. Um, obviously the good finish at the Honda last week, I think gave him a little bit of confidence. And and I, I feel like this could be a good spot for him. Now I have um, you know, I'll let the cat out of the bag. I have a share on him currently. I have a, I have just kind of as a holding spot on Adam Shank. I've got um, you know, a target price right around four and a half to five dollars on him this week. So currently I see he's at three seventy-five. So anywhere in that range, I think that he's a good one. I got a question for you, Rick. I want to ask you because you're sort of the expert on these guys, and I have no idea who this guy is, but oh boy. Uh, he seems to pop really well in some of the stat models. Who in the world is Paul Bargin? Oh, uh, okay. Hold on. <laughs> I want to I want to get this right because I know Paul Bargin is I think he I think he splits time on the corn ferry. So he like only plays, okay. he like only plays the, like he played, he must've played in Puerto Rico. He had to have, uh, hold on. Let me see if I can find his results here. Cause I bet you only has one result. Paul Bargin. Let's find out. Puerto Rico. Yeah. 
Okay, yeah, he had to play in Puerto Rico. Oh, but we didn't have a cash market for Puerto Rico because it was the opposite field event. So we don't even have a cash market. Yeah, so I, I think he's a corn fairy guy. Uh, don't quote me on that, but he is $2.74. Do, do you like him? Is, is there something that makes you like him? I don't him? know. I don't know. When I was looking at some things, he's like rating out really well. And I'm like, who in the world is this guy? But now that I kind of dig a little bit deeper into the events he's playing in, they're corn fairy events. And he's got a lot of top tens there recently. Uh, missed cut at the U.S. Oh, Open man. and obviously uh, seemed to have made a cut back in um, you know, late February there at the Puerto Rico Open. So I don't know, maybe worth a flyer. But yeah, 275 is is a little bit outside of like the flyer range because there's some more established names certainly under him. He went to TCU. That's where I recognize the name from. But they've got a pretty decent contingent on the on the PGA tour. So he's a TCU guy, spends a lot of time on the on the corn ferry. There was one other name. As Charlie Hoffman crosses over $7. Oh, it's Tyler McCumber. Tyler McCumber was the guy I wanted to make sure we hit. So I currently have him at $5.19, and he's played, uh, I think, better than, than what people remember, right? So he goes he goes 33rd at Honda, 22nd at the Players' Championship, and oh, by the way, just a few months ago, Joe, you're runner-up at this event. I was going to say second, right? Yeah. He sort of stormed. Um, I, I do recall that. Yeah, obviously a good finish at the Honda. Unreal finish at the Players' Championship for him. Um, yeah. McCumber, is he the one that had the 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 finger thing? Yes, that was at Riviera, I believe. It the, was this finger missing, and he still played pretty well there, right? Yeah, and he had and he had he had he had a bandage on, and he would putt with the glove on because it was too much to take the glove on and off. So yes, that was him. He played well there. He played through it, and uh, yeah, returned returned a, a pretty good ROI for his backers. He's played really well. Yeah, I'm high on McCumber this week. Um, obviously, he's what probably the sixth guy down there on the list. So I feel like a lot of people share that sentiment as well. Yeah, so he's $5.19 right now. So to put that into perspective, finish 32nd or better, he's paying that off. Also, not only that second place finish a couple of months ago, 2018, he had a top 20 here. So pretty good uh, pretty good course history and event history as well for Tyler McCumber. Uh, Joe, we are about five minutes away, right. six minutes away it's from this IPO. Yeah, it did sneak up on us. Uh, of this IPO closing. So, so really, this is where a lot of the bids are going to start rolling in. Give us an idea of the number of guys you're going to try to target for the next little bit of a run here. Yeah, so my strategy is, I say this now, and it could totally change in the next five minutes, but my strategy is to kind of grab some of those cheaper guys, five to seven of them, um, try to hammer home that 2 to $4 range and hope that it sort of plays out similar to the Honda this week and I can get a couple of them to finish in the top 10 return some money because it's really um it's a tough week right there's so much other stuff going on and i really don't know about taking these guys at the top but that said um you know only one of them's clear of seven dollars right now so there's definitely some value there if you look at the top 10 markets in in perspective of you know what is what is thomas Dietrich's top 10 number for instance well he's he's it's definitely not um the same as thomas Dietrich at six dollars a share right now so it's all sort of relative. I may sort of look up to that, but I expect a lot of activity over the next four minutes here or so. Our next $20 goes to Tim Brown. Tim May Brown. Tim A. Brown. Yeah, Tim, what up? You are in. 
I'm recording your name now so that I don't forget it. You are in 20 bucks to Jock Market. Congratulations. I've got two more $20 to Jock Bucks to give away. Uh, so get your usernames into the chat. I will draw them afterwards. But what we're going to do now is with about four minutes, it could be three minutes. We're going to let Joe go. We're going to let Joe go do his thing. I'm going to take you through the rest of IPO and we are going to figure out what Joe got when all of the dust settles. This is usually when the chat gets a little bit quiet. Everybody starts looking at their phones. They're trying to figure out what's going on. And what's going on is we've got two golfers atop of the jock market at the moment. One, Charlie Hoffman, $7.55. No surprise to see that name, along with no surprise, Emiliano Grio at $7.02. These are the two guys that I thought coming into the coming into the night would end as our most expensive golfers, and they're proving me correct at the moment. If you want to invest in either Emiliano Grio, or you want to invest in Charlie Hoffman at $7, at $7.05, what are you looking for them to return you? Ideally, a top 20. Anything inside the top 20 would give you a profit off of those payouts. A little bit further down, Thomas Peters picking up steam. He's $6.55. CH3 coming off of an excellent finish at the Players' Championship where he returned you 259% ROI is flying up the board. He's $6.50. He also played well at the API. That was a 42% ROI. So CH3, Chucky Three Sticks has played well, and he's returned you money in the jock market. Sep Straka, who's bidding up Sep Straka? Sep Straka is making a move up the board. He's $6.49. He's coming off a profitable Honda Classic, which is his first profitable cash market since Riviera, where he returned you a hair over your investment. But Straka is one of the most volatile golfers on the PGA Tour. So if you like that, consider Sep Straka. Looking a little bit further down the board, we're getting some steam on Will Gordon. We're getting some steam on Joel Damon. We're getting some steam on Luke List, some more, some more familiar names in a field that does not have a lot of familiar names. Justin Suh, you think that's a familiar name? Do you know this name? This is the guy who came out in the same class as Colin Morikawa, as Victor Hovland, as Matthew Wolf. The, he was just as highly touted, obviously has not had the same type of success as the others have on the PGA Tour, but he has made a couple of cuts in a row, and he is someone who could potentially return you money in the jock market this week. We are moments away from this IPO closing. You're probably going to want to get your bids in right now because this IPO can close at literally any moment. I'm going to give our dashboard just one more refresh here, and Joe's going to let me know when we are all said and done, but I think we are still rocking and rolling right now, and we've got movement. Charlie Hoffman, big jump. Charlie Hoffman, $9. If you like Charlie Hoffman at $9, you're expecting him to finish 14th or better. We've got movement on Emiliano Grio. He's at $8. If you like Grio at eight, 17th or better is what you need. Charlie Hall or Charles Howell the third, excuse me, $7.50. Luke List has broken through $7. Thomas Peters has broken through $7. And Seb Straka has broken through $7. There hasn't been much movement on Joel Damon nor on Brandon Wu since my last refresh. And Tyler McCumber, who I think is one of the most interesting plays of the week, hanging tight at $5.55. Thomas Dietrich, if you go look at your favorite sports book, might be the favorite. He is $6.45. Did I wait too long to let that cat out of the bag? You might want to go check. $6.45. What you're asking him to do is finish 
25th or better for the favorite to cash you a top 25 is what you're asking on Thomas Dietrich. So you might want to consider throwing some bids in on him in the last couple of moments, because we are literally moments away from this closing. We are at 8.58. We're in that period where this can close at any moment. I'm surprised to see not much movement on Danny Willett at $4.99. I don't know if that is concern off of him testing positive from COVID, but he's played well recently, and he's played well at this event in the past. Only $4.99 at the moment. Ding, 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 ding. Shut it down. The bell has rung. Shut it down. The IPO is closed. How'd it go? How'd it go for you? Like... I, you guys tell me if you agree, but it was a flurry. Like I, I was losing guys. My notifications on being outbid were popping up so quickly. I could barely read the app. Um, but yeah, it, things happened very quickly there. The last five minutes, a lot of guys shot up the leaderboard. So it was kind of hard to keep track of where they were. Um, but I think that it went pretty well. I'll wait for them to sort of, it's always this little bit of guessing game when you have them in your orders to when they transfer over like 30 seconds later into your holdings. Cause you don't know if you got all those shares, if you got one of those shares. Um, so it's a little bit of a guessing game, but it looks like I ended up with about five guys was hoping for a little more down the board, but ended up, uh, actually sticking a little bit more toward the top. So it's how things shake out. Austin Blasky says might have went a bit overboard, which is always, always like that moment of like, do I regret this? I've got shares of 35 golfers. I've never heard of this. Should, there's no That's way this. Strategy, yeah. Just get everybody. <laughs> All right. I'm going to give this uh, one more refresh here just to make sure that I've got the most up-to-date data, Joe, and then we can look through, uh, but how many guys don't reveal them yet, but do you know how many guys you ended up with? So I did. I have them here. I ended up with five guys. Five okay. guys. So I, I think was, that's a good uh, number. I contained myself this week a little bit. So that's a good number for me. It gives me some room to maybe add and play around as the week progresses and not feel like all my money is tied up. Matthew Kane says that was balls to the walls in the last two minutes. Donnie <laughs> yes. Baseball says it was deaf fast at the end. Someone said, uh, Josh said, I just tried to take all of Joe's guys, which is usually usually the strategy that I root for. Just out, just keep outbidding Joe. Bid on Josh. Josh, Josh fun fact, Josh is actually my accountant, so he's probably doing me a favor there. <laughs> love it. I absolutely love it. All right. Let me see if I've got my IPO. Okay, so I think I've got all this set up here. Oh, real quick. Let me draw one more name. I had the name and I lost it. It is Clutcherino. I'll find the comment, but the here you go. Dennis, Clutcherino, congratulations on your $20 to Jock Market. Uh, that is uh, the fourth of five. I have one more. So throw your Jock Market username in the chat. I've got 20 more dollars to give out. We'll give it, give it out before we kick it for the night. But Clutcherino... Congrats, you are in. And Joe, this is what I see. I see Charlie Hoffman, $9.08 as our most expensive IPO for this evening, which means 13th place or better. You wouldn't lose much on 14th. You'd lose eight cents a share because you'd pay out $9 on 14th. So let's call it, let's call it 14th or better for Charlie Hoffman. Your thoughts on that? I think that's pretty fair. Yeah, I like that for Charlie Hoffman. I think that he deserves to sort of be that highest price guy, just barely broke through that $9 threshold. So yeah, 14th or better makes a ton of sense. Obviously, he's doing that um, in many cases. Looks like what two of the last four events, if you go down the 17th, three of the last four events, 
in much, much stronger, deeper fields, coming back to a place where he's played well, coming back in good form. I think that's a that's a very fair price right now for Charlie Hoffman. You look at that fair value number, which is a little bit thrown off, but 15 bucks. I mean, the, obviously the jock market uh, bots who create this are expecting him to have a very good week. And one thing that we always talk about, the projected rank, right? Number one guy, so he's going to break all ties. I did not even see that. The jock bots, uh, 4.6 fair value position on Charlie Hoffman. That is a lot of love for the Hoff. I did not even see that this week. <laughs> That's good. Uh, Emiliano Grillo is next. $8.59 is where he closed. He was the guy that I thought was going to be the most expensive. So I'm I'm loving this already. Uh, that means if you took Emilio, oh, I'm sorry, hold on. I got this story wrong. Okay, he was still, there's still one, two. Perfect. Uh, if you want, uh, if $8.59 is essentially asking Emiliano Grillo to finish 16th or better, which I bet if you looked at like what his market price is, that's probably a good buy, I would think. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. So obviously Grillo there. Um, look, he's right behind Hoffman, I think. So you're catching a little bit of value there at 50 cents lower, asking for a different position. Third is a little interesting to me. There was a lot of love that came in and steam late on Chucky three sticks. We didn't talk yeah. about him much, but yeah, he came in hot at the very end there. I think this player's championship result, the top 10 at, at Sawgrass goes a long way, right? He goes from $2 and 37 cents to, to whatever, probably, I don't know, eight bucks or whatever. Uh, it, it certainly goes a long way. Familiar name. Uh, we didn't, we kind of, br- I think we glossed over this at the top. Thomas Dietrich, depending on your book of choice is either the favorite or a top three favorite to win this tournament. And he was at, I don't know what he, what he was at when I brought him up at the end there, he was like $5 and 50 cents and a couple of people jumped on and got him up to seven, seven dollars and 20 cents. But that's asking him to finish in the top 20, which odds makers are very comfortable with him doing. Absolutely. Yeah. You gave him the run good bump there in the final two yeah. minutes and he got a, a strong push. I actually had some shares of Dietrich that I missed out on. So thanks, Rick. Uh, <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, absolutely. Him and Peter's there a little bit surprising. So you see those projected ranks for them. And I, I, I'm assuming that's because they're not really um, pulling stats and finishes and they don't really have a history in the jock market since they primarily play on the European tour. But uh, that's pretty low. So those are going to hurt those guys in the event of a tie. But their upside is obviously you look at the you look at the betting odds and they both are within uh, 25 to one to win this week. So obviously good odds there. I love it. All right, Joe, it's about that time that you tell us who you ended up with and who will be in your portfolio for this week. Okay, so the Jack portfolio consists of five guys, like I mentioned earlier. So. Starting at the top, I I did, and I heard you mention him, but I did um, roll the dice a little bit on Sepp Straka. Okay. He, you were oh. the guy who was bidding him up. Yeah, I may have been the guy that was bidding <laughs> him up. So they have a fair value on him of like seven eighty. I ended up getting him for $7 a share, which was under my target price that I had for Straka this week. Um, I do feel like there's some upside for him. He's so He can get so hot and just struggle to make putts, but... Um, I feel like he can compete this week, and I feel like it's a pretty good setup for him. Um, moving down, another guy that uh, you tried to bump the price up on you know, quite a bit, but I ended, still ended up getting it, was I got 30 shares of McCumber. So $6 a share. Obviously, the great finish here last year, coming in in great form as well, were kind of the two things that I was looking at. 
Um, he might he might be my favorite, Joe. When I was just kind of glancing at this, you know, he six dollars and six cents. You're asking mm-hmm. him to finish inside the top twenty-seven. First of all, a lot can go wrong. It's golf, but he is a grinder. <laughs> who else? Who else would like cut off half of their finger and still make the cut and play well at Riviera? Like the guy's a grinder. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, so moving a little bit lower than that, I picked up some shares of Scott Harrington, just over four dollars a share. So I like that. He's he had a lot of success on the corn ferry, and this you could argue is a pretty corn ferry heavy field. I like that a lot. Exactly. And another guy that was kind of interesting, I'm not sure if it was this event or Bermuda, but he came in in the fall as I want to say like the favorite that week. Um, And this week was just really overlooked. I haven't heard many people talk about him. Hasn't been in great form, but it's Christoph Ventura. Mm. So I don't know if it was this or Bermuda where he was like the the first or second favorite and the super popular pick and everyone was on him and everything. Um, But $4.86, I believe he has to finish in. um, What's that? What's his finishing position there? So what is it? $4 and? $4.80. He would have to finish like 35th or better. Okay. So I feel good about that. So he's got to make the cut and finish in the top half of the guys who make the cut. And lastly, my one sort of flyer in the $2 range, um, and it's just purely on upside, hasn't played well, but we saw him sort of burst onto the scene at the Masters, young, talented player, Andy Ogletree. So okay. I feel like this, um, he struggled a little bit to get things going. Um, I follow him on social media. He seems very excited about playing this week. And I think that he's one of those guys that um, really give this type of event in this week their full attention and best For effort sure. because he's got to get these points. He's got to have a good finishes. He sees these guys. He sees the Will Zalatoris. He sees the Colin Morikawa. And he wants in his mind and his coaches are thinking he's the next in line. Well, yeah. if you're the next in line, you got to show up to Punta Cana in a field like this and compete. Yeah, low low am at the Masters, right? And you burst yeah. on the scene, go, turns pro a couple weeks later, I think. And now he's yeah, he's now 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 make some cuts, now put some starts together. I love it. Uh, I'm gonna draw the final name here in just a minute, but talking in terms of how the rest of this week looks. So we're we're now we're now live, Joe. I mean, you yeah. can you can buy and sell as you as you can until this tournament is over. I don't think this is going to be as volatile as uh, like we saw at Honda. I also think that it generally plays a lot easier. You're going to see kind of birdie fest type situations. Does that change any of your strategy over the course of the next four days? Um, a little bit. So you have to kind of factor it in. Like you mentioned earlier, it's going to play a lot like a corn ferry event. Unless the wind or the weather plays a big factor, we're expecting north of 15 under par to take this thing home. You can go on big runs. You can get on these birdie streaks. It's kind of the reason why I took some of the guys that I have because they have the ability to get hot in these really low scoring type events. They're familiar with the corn ferry tour type vibe of I've got to go out there and shoot 22 under to win an event. Um, so yeah, it, it presents opportunity. Guys can certainly go out and shoot your 62s and 63s and fly up the board just like it does every week, right? Um, there is some water on the course. Obviously, you have the ocean on the course, um, but there's not a whole lot of, of major trouble lurking. It's a resort style course, so pretty wide fairways. Tom Fazio is always going to have these sort of unique green complexes that they're going to have to work with, but um, I expect them to be able to go low. All right, our final $20 jock buck 
gift card, gift certificate. Remember you used to get a little gift certificate? It would just be like a paper gift certificate. Oh, yeah. you take that to the store and then like they – what would they give you, cash if you didn't spend it all? It was you know, the whole thing. Uh, is the S Smith underscore eight. Shane Smith, congratulations. I've got you listed yes. here. I'm going to send these names over to our guys at Jock Market and they are going to credit your accounts within one to 10,000 hours. I don't know how long it takes. Probably, probably pretty quickly. I think it's pretty quickly. They usually get that done by the following morning. So I'm going to go with the under on 10,000 hours there. Um, but good job. Yeah, we're going to keep doing this. So thank you guys for all stopping in. If you didn't win this week, come back next week. Throw your name back in there. What do we got? Valero next week and then the Masters. Is that then right? The, then that one in Georgia. Yes, yeah. that one. Yes. Uh, also, on your way out, hit the like button. Goes a long way for us. Costs you nothing. Thank you very much, Joe. A pleasure as always. Any parting words before we get out of here? Punta Cana, I, I don't mind these events, you know, to get, to get, a, to get a birdie fest after some of the tough conditions we've had the past couple of weeks, it'll be all right to see guys shoot 64 and move down the board. <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of these guys are probably excited to be exiting the Florida swing in many ways. So um, we'll see. Yeah. Excited for this week, excited for what's to come. Best of luck to everyone and, and hope your stocks only go up. Up. That's Joe Idoni. You can find him on Twitter at Tor Picks. You can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been your Jock Market Power Hour. See you next week. Peace.